everybody, welcome back to Cutie Chat Podcast. This is Mary. And this is Daryl. And this is your one-stop shop for all things quarantine talk. We like to talk about current affairs, what's going on in the news, what TV shows or music we're listening to, motivation, inspiration, and everything in between. Welcome back to this episode. Today we're going to give you some COVID-19 updates, and we're also going to talk about where things are post the Capitol insurrection, 45's transition out of the White House, and the incoming 2021 inauguration of President uh, Joe Biden and Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So in today's episode, we're going to do things just a little different. We are going to talk about some different topics, but we're going to give a little uh, background or subtext in this episode, just so that way uh, we have all the names, dates, and information a little bit more concise. So we're going to kick this episode off talking about the Illinois COVID situation. So currently, Illinois health officials reported that 3,385 new COVID-19 cases, 50 deaths um, Monday as the state announced changes that allow more regions to relax COVID-19 mitigations. The total number of cases in Illinois now stand at over 1 million with a total of 18,000 deaths since the start of COVID-19 pandemic. As of Sunday night, this past Sunday, today is Tuesday, uh, over 781,000 doses of vaccine have been delivered to providers in Illinois, including Chicago, with an additional 304,600 doses allocated to federal government partners for long-term care facilities, bringing the total number delivered in Illinois to over 1 million. So the reason we're bringing this up is because Um, There are certain regions of Illinois that are going from tier three to tier two, which means that more things are going to be relaxed, more um, capacities will be increased in terms of in dining and going to the gym and different services like that. And I guess it's just kind of one of those things for me, at least, that's a little concerning. While I think it's great that we have the numbers that we have and we're showing an upward tick Uh, in comparison to states like Florida and Arizona and California, is because we have been locked down. I don't seem to understand why the back and forth. Like, we have the numbers we have, we have the progress we have, because we have been socially distanced and because we have been locked down. And I understand we can't live in that state forever, but I just feel like um, with the new wave that came out of UK, which is much more infectious and much more deadlier, I don't seem to understand why we keep having this seesaw. I feel like this is just going to be a never-ending thing of open and close and open and close instead of just staying closed long enough to, you know, things get better under control. What are your thoughts on this, Daryl? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree it's frustrating since we have been locked down since uh, March of 2020 and we're looking at we're looking at the one year anniversary of being locked down with no end in sight. (laughs) And yeah, it's very frustrating. Uh, I don't, I can't, you know, I think after a while people have quarantine fatigue where they just more and more, it's like disregard the advice of local officials and more and more just decide to risk it. You know, they become, a little more willing to just roll the dice just for some feeling of of independence I guess yeah um, I guess it's part of the so the whole 
creed of being an American, of having freedom, because that's the main thing that separates us from countries that have gotten it under control. Uh, there's less of an entitlement to freedom, uh, less of an entitlement to just do what you want to do. Free will, yeah. So that is, I think, just is sort of we're seeing we're seeing the price of another one of the prices of being an American is that when it comes to doing things for the collective good, that takes a really low place towards you know versus personal independence and we're just the the virus is manifesting that like in a way of like never before i think the virus is honestly showing the world in addition to americans like who we are as a country and i feel like the pressure that a lot of officials are getting from their constituents um is forcing them to make decisions that just aren't smart or that aren't reasonable. And, you know, I I love the fact that we're in Illinois and that we have the governor we do, and we have the mayor we do. I understand that sometimes you do have to make the unfavorable choices, but um, the next topic I wanted to jump into was the reopening of schools within the Chicago Public School District, which is something that I speak up about very often on my social media because it's, I used to work for CPS. I have family of CPS, close friends. I know a lot of colleagues who are literally trying to weigh their options because they don't want to take a chance on getting their partner sick, their children sick. Some people's elderly parents live with them. And so, you know, it's a lot to expect somebody to have to make a choice between their livelihood or their actual health and ability to just live with their family safely. And I have an interesting little tidbit here. So from the Wall Street Journal, and this is from Berlin, as U.S. authorities debate whether to keep schools open, a consensus a consensus is emerging in Europe that children are cons- a considerable factor and the spread of COVID-19, and more countries are shutting schools for the first time in the spring. I'm sorry, for the first time since the spring. Closures have been announced recently in the UK, Germany, Ireland, Austria, Denmark, and the Netherlands on concerns about a more infectious variant of the virus first detected in the UK, and rising case counts despite lockdowns. While the debate continues, recent studies and outbreaks show that school children, even younger ones, can play a significant role in spreading infections. This is from Fox News out of Phoenix, Arizona. Parents, please make good choices to keep your children and the community safe. Are the words said by a spokesperson for Banner Health as she says hundreds of children with COVID-19 in Arizona are being admitted into hospitals each month. So again, why is it that we have to keep learning the same thing over and over again? COVID-19, the first iteration and now the even more infectious iteration of this virus is still here, is still prevalent, is still infecting people and killing people. I don't understand why teachers and children and, and the administrative staff and faculty, while we're just throwing them to the slaughter. It seems so irresponsible, especially as we see all these other countries essentially falling in line to sco- uh, close schools back down. And here we are running toward it. Last week, the Chicago public school system brought back pre-K and special needs um, teachers and students. And from my understanding, in February... 
uh, the remaining teachers and students are supposed to resume classes, which just seems crazy to me. But, you know, Daryl and I have family that have retired, um, uh, some who have had to just, you know, choose to walk away, and some who are still trying to figure out what they're going to do. And so we just have to keep everybody in this whole situation in prayer, but I, I just don't understand why we're playing, why we're gambling with our children's lives. Yeah, that's, it definitely is a is a sad thing. I think one contributing factor is that as a country, we don't have a unified response to the virus. And so we have surrounding states and surrounding cities. And, you know, we see other people doing things and other people, you know, playing sports and other people uh, getting on with life in the midst of the of the pandemic and it it kind of creates a bit of well if a bit of if they're doing it then we should be doing it too right and i mean we know that the economy is is the driver we know that you know businesses want to be able to remain in in business and so it's kind of a sad byproduct that that children that the children have to be sort of like pushed out into the wild while there's no remedy for this virus so that people can go to work you know so that people can have can run their businesses and it's it's just a mixture of 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 that and of you know like i said other other states and other places seemingly you know, like they're getting along and the other people's, you know, in power say, well, okay, let's figure it out. You know, let's just do it. But this is a time where sense does not prevail. <laughs> That's definitely sh- for sure. It's, you know, we definitely have skewed priorities as a society and that is being highlighted during this time. Yep. So NSA recently placed a GOP political operative Um, As the top lawyer position, um, the NSA made a formal GOP political operative as top lawyer just days before President Trump leaves office, reportedly following an order from Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller. The agency was installing National Security Council staffer Michael Ellis as the general counsel. The installation comes days before... President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration, it will complicate the new administrator's potential efforts to immediately replace him as the career civil service position makes it difficult for his occupant to be fired. But the incoming administration could resign him to another position. So this is something you and I were talking about just the other day. So the National Security Administration, obviously, they are briefed and they are privy to all of the threats known and unknown to the U.S. And with a GLP operative being put in this position essentially steal a doorway or a tunnel for Trump and all of his cronies to have the inside track on essentially all the things that are going on within the Biden administration. So it was a really underhanded uh, appointment to make, especially two or three days outside of leaving his post, 45 that is. And it also just makes us feel like like, and we were talking about this the other day, how muddy the water is in terms of trying to calm out all of the dissension and all of these bad actors that have managed to integrate themselves within the U.S. government. Yeah, and I remember even hearing something to the effect that that was 
somewhat like a cabinet position and that that position gets intel at the highest level of mm-hmm. government. And here we have a former twice impeached president who who has attacked, who sent an angry mob against another body of, of government, the Congress. And on his way out, basically installs a mole. Like, are we serious? I mean, that is, I mean, and just for, you know, just for clarity, Nancy Pelosi is like, is trying to do what she can do to try to like slow things down or to, you know, to circumvent do it. it. Yeah. yeah, circumvent it in any way possible. But I mean, wow, it just reads like an attack. It's just a, a continued, continued attack by Trump. This is crazy times. It really is. This is that's what it amounts to. Like, I remember just from my own personal experience, the NSA that was like my dream job in college when I was trying to be a, a programmer because like the NSA is like it's above like the CIA and FBI in terms of like you know like technical capability, just uh, the mathematicians, the the code the code crackers, like. The smartest of the smartest people work at the National Security Agency, and and then they're and then they're trying to Trump is trying to install like a mole lawyer that can't be fired that he thinks would just funnel all the information to him and and probably Putin and right and we and we know who Trump's you know who Trump adores and buddies up with I mean he makes you know. He lays out the red carpet for Putin. He lays out the red carpet for Kim Jong Un. He 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 lays out the red carpet for for the worst people around the world, uh, the 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 strong men of the world. And he wants to install a mole so that he can just you know give out information from the highest level of government. It's just disgraceful and disgusting and just treasonous. And along those lines, <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, the, the, the insurrection, we do have some updates on more information that has come out as a result of that, something else of Trump's doing. Uh, so Twitter temporarily suspended uh, the new freshman representative, Majory, I'm sorry, Majorie Taylor Green for election misinformation. Now, if, if you don't know who she is, she is the woman who has been saying online that as soon as Biden is uh, sworn in, she plans to write or draft articles of impeachment against him for abuse of power. Let me just read this. Quote, Green has a track record of incendiary rhetoric and ties to the baseless QAnon conspiracy theory. Had tweeted a conspiracy-laden thread earlier Sunday about the Georgia Senate elections. Some of the tweets earned labels from Twitter. This claim about election fraud is disputed and this tweet can't be replied to. This is the same woman who plans to try to impeach someone for actions that they allegedly committed before they were even sworn in as president. I don't know how these people keep getting elected. I don't know who's funding them. I don't know how anybody in their right mind can support this level of incompetence, 
But I don't, I don't think these people seem to understand how our constitution works or how democracy works. You cannot imp- try to impeach somebody for something you're alleging that they did before they actually become the president of the United States. Like I, I think that bo- that that that's just worth stating. Maybe it's not. Are you are you familiar with the story, Daryl? Have you heard of this? No, I mean I'm actually learning about it. You know, learning about it since it's recently happened, but it is just disgraceful. It just once again sounds like a continued attack on democracy and on our government and. This attack has been going on since Trump actually took office, and it has been slow in building, and, you know, so many alarms have been raised about everything that's been happening in these past four years, and now it's just blatant, like, they're blatantly trying to just tear America apart from within. It is just despicable. Like, I really... It's just unfathomable. I'm at a loss for words other than that. Right. And in terms of more information that has come out about the insurrection, so apparently another fresh a freshman elected rep- Republican Representative Lauren, uh, and if, excuse me if I'm not saying this right, I think it's Baybert of Colorado, um, apparently she was giving tours to some of these insurrectionists. So they leading up to January 6th, she had a host of people come to the Capitol and she was giving them tours of a layout of the building and also directing them uh, where people were going or where people's offices are located and where they go to have different sessions and things like that. Of course, she denied it. And she on the record said that the only people she's ever had in the Capitol were her husband and children, which was again refuted when... Um, logs were actually referenced of her having groups of people earlier in January touring them throughout the Capitol building. So she is currently under investigation. And this is additional news that has come out. Lastly, um, there was um, a Pennsylvania woman accused of being one of the Capitol rioters. And she was informed against by one of her former romantic partners that she planned to steal the laptop of Nancy Pelosi and sell it to a Russian intelligence um, operative. So she did manage, and again, her name, let me get her name. I believe it's Riley. Um, I don't have her last name, but we'll follow up in the next episode. But I do know that her name is Riley. And uh, she did manage to successfully steal Nancy Pelosi's laptop. But again, someone who she had been romantically involved with dimed on her. And she was arrested where everyone's thinking that maybe she destroyed the laptop. But Daryl, she was had plans on selling this to a Russian operative. Like, so is it safe to say that Russia might have something to do with this as well? Like, just how deep is this well going to go? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Yeah, I think that America has been infiltrated by white supremacists that are funded by Russia. And with Trump leaving the office, it's time to carry out the attack. I'm so glad you just said Trump leaving office. We only have two more points we want to kind of touch on in this episode, and that is just that Trump leaving office... Apparently, Wednesday evening, he has planned this large farewell 
goodbye celebration and he's been sending out mass emails to some of his former um i guess loyalists scaramucci being one of them just in case no one remembers he was appointed trump's press secretary and then fired 10 days later by trump himself and then Scaramucci went on to Twitter to lamb blast him and make a joke about the fact that he's pretty much scratching and begging and trying to scrape up some people to turn out for this farewell event. And good riddance to bad rubbish. We cannot wait until Wednesday night is over. Last but not least, as we all know, the inauguration is this week. It's just, what, a day or so out. And in the history of this country, this is totally unprecedented. But there are over 20,000 service military personnel surrounding the Capitol. The mall has been closed and there's ongoing vetting and scrutiny of every person who is securing the vice president. um, um, I'm sorry, the president elect and vice president elect leading up to the actual inauguration. I mean... We have much more of a military presence in our own capital than we do in most of the countries where we currently have a presence. And if that tells you anything about the way that uh, Trump has left the state of this country, um, I I, I just I'm very prayerful right now because things are just we're just we're just in a really sad state. I am looking forward to the inauguration and I just hope to God that things can can go on successfully with the transition of power and, you know, swearing in of, of President-elect Biden and Vice, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Yeah, we will just have to watch and see. But, you know, we are God-believing people, so we're going to trust God that at the end we will have Biden as president and Kamala as vice president, and we will continue fighting against... Yeah. All right, guys, those are our updates for COVID, uh, the insurrections, 45, and the incoming inauguration. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and checking us out in this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. This is Mary. And this is Daryl. We'll see you next time.